0: welcome you all to another edition of on the mark sports talk with your host mark with that letter c at the end don't forget that one and welcome to this is episode number 148 and of course that's 148 consecutive (laughs) weeks okay doing pretty good how's our fabulous (laughs) panel doing today how are
1: are you Mark?
0: you, Mark? mark how are you today mark good I'm doing pretty good, I guess. We are fine.
1: It's doing okay.
0: Before we get to our guest, have you ever been driving your car and you're that's in a parking lot and you're backing out of a spot and you get ready to turn into the the lane the aisle and you see another car with its backup lights coming on and you don't know if they're going to go or not. And if they go, you know you're going to get hit. Mm-hmm. So what do you do? You beep the horn, right? Yeah. Normal usually, thing is you beep beep the horn. Yeah. Well, I beep the horn. This guy came back.
2: Kept coming. That's why God gave us middle fingers.
0: Just missed me. Just <laughs> like, missed me. But like, life. you know, obviously, it, I guess. Otherwise, it'd be their fault for backing into me. Yes. But what do I have? Yes. The aggravation of getting my car fixed. What? Right. No, we yeah. don't want that yeah. happen. That happened uh. to me today. Well, I thought maybe mm-hmm. you'd be inter- interested in You enough. both have cameras, All right. though. Yeah. Well, anyway, we have a very interesting special guest today joining us. Uh, Ira Kaufman is a sports personality who has his own sports radio show. Correct me if I'm wrong, Ira. Every Monday at 7 o'clock p.m., Ira on Sports, it's called, in South Florida. I believe you told me it's carried on, is it six stations? Miami? Correct. Six, I got mm. it right. Six stations, which is fantastic. Uh, he he has a lot of interesting stories to tell us. So I'm not going to go any further, any further. Let him do all the talk. And without any further ado, let's all welcome to On The Mark Sports Talk, Ira Kaufman. It's all yours. How are you doing? Everybody, please um, mute yourself. Thank
3: you. Well, Mark, thanks a lot for this. I really appreciate the chance to come on the show, talk to your team. 148 weeks is pretty amazing uh, since COVID continuously. So that's great. But as I, as Mark said, I have a sports talk radio show in West Palm Beach. Uh, it's in it goes all the way from Fort Lauderdale all the way up to Port St. Lucie. So what are the things that I do on my show that's different than most other radio shows. First of all, I'm a lawyer in real life too. I do the show once a week. I pay for time on my, and then I sell advertising on my show. And I'm on a podcast and I'm on 30,000 Instagram followers, stuff like that. But what makes my show a little different is that uh, you probably will never meet another person that goes to more sporting events than me. I go to more sporting events than anybody I've ever met. And I also um, have on my show, I, I read tons of books. So I have a lot of great authors for a show that has like what I do with once a week to have, you know, these top uh, guests that I have is pretty amazing. I just had Eddie George on last week, uh, the Heisman Trophy winner from Ohio State. I have Dwight Gooden on next week. I have just had Larry Zonka on, Tom Coughlin on. So it's, uh, it's the show's interesting. I hope you guys can pull me up on, don't, not, not during this time, but some other time on SoundCloud, iTunes, um, and it's called Ira on Sports follow me on Instagram at iron sports, but that's sort of what my show is. And I have good guests and, and I, and I have the perspective of going to sporting events that from a fan perspective, not, Oh, I had to cover it. And not that I was flown from my magazine or my whatever. I actually go as a fan, have to buy tickets, have to spend a fortune, have to whatever. I mean, I just got back 20 minutes ago from a spring training game, I saw St. Louis in Houston. So I that's what I love to do. I love watching sports. I love watching sports live. I love watching it on television. I am a biggest sports fan you've ever seen. Period.
0: <laughs> that's really amazing. Um, you guys want to have questions and, and to, to interact? Uh, you could unmute yourself if you want to ask a question to Ira about what he does and how he does it, et cetera, et cetera. Because I don't know how you do it. <laughs> uh, you're still practicing your law?
3: I still, I had a conference. I had a Zoom call just before this with about the same number of people that I led the call on uh, real estate leasing. But uh, no, it's it's one thing. <laughs> it's when I've been flexible. I used to work at a big law firm and I always loved sports. And and uh, But this way I have my own firm and I control my own schedule. And I work like... I've been at the NBA finals and right before the final, like, actually, it was so funny. I was a call where this a landlord was about to yell at me for one of my clients and scream at them. And I'm like, he starts to scream. And I said, you know, I think it's so interesting. Only 15 minutes ago, I was three feet away from Tiger Woods. Now I'm talking to you. And I knew he was a huge golf fan. And that sort of totally disarmed him. He starts talking about the Genesis and everything like that. I mean, just an example what I did just this past like 10 days or before that I was at the, uh, I, I went out to LA and I saw LeBron break Kareem's record on Tuesday night. Then Wednesday, I saw Kyrie's first game as a Maverick against the Clippers. And then Thursday was, I had to buy tickets for Tuesday and Thursday. You didn't know which game LeBron was gonna break it. So I had Thursday ticket and LeBron came early, gave a nice speech. Then i went to the super bowl and that was awesome being there friday even if you ever get a chance to go super bowl and you're like i don't can't afford the tickets the events the parties walking around town i mean you guys know who jim kelly is i'm at a restaurant and kelly starts talking to me and i'm having got a picture with him and start talking to him about that that's where i met eddie george i just meet i was at wesley some giants guys wesley welker i was talking had a long conversation the Super Bowl is a gathering for every former NFL football player. They all come there and it was great. Went to all the parties. And of course, I went to the Super Bowl. And that was amazing. And then I went back to LA and went Thursday, Friday, and Saturday and saw a Tiger. Followed him, Rory, Justin. I know you guys aren't big at, with golf. Mark told me that, but I followed Tiger Woods for three days. And then I came back to West Palm Beach, and there was the final of the Delray Open, which is I love tennis also. So I saw Taylor Fritz, who's a great young American. He's number five in the world right now. And I got to see him in the finals uh, when the Delray Open. So that was just, you know, a 10-day period, which is just standard for what I do.
4: Huh. When they then- breathe. <laughs>
0: And that was just that, that, that week. He does this all
3: year round, correct? Yes, because I love all sports. I mean, you know, a lot of sports shows, if you, if you guys are following sports today, you turn on First Take on any of the shows. And I listen to more Sports Talk Radio. You know, that's why I got into this is because I listen to it. I mean, it's like we could talk about Aaron Rodgers in the dark room. We can talk about Derek Carr. We can, you know, we could talk about Lamar Jack. And it seemed like it's every single day. It's like endless, some, endless. Endless. And it's, and it's like, and I love football. The funny thing is nobody goes to more football than I do. I mean, I'm literally at a college or pro game every single, I'll give you one more, one more like 10 day period. How about this? I saw the uh, Ravens versus the Buccaneers in Tampa on a Thursday night. Then I drove back to West Palm Beach and then Friday flew up to Baltimore and went and saw Penn State Ohio State on Saturday then Sunday went to Philly and saw the Steelers Eagles Monday was supposed to be the World Series but they were drained out remember it was rained out that, that Monday so I went to the World Series Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday in Philly Then drove on Friday back down south. I mean, just it was easier to drive, and I love college football. So Georgia was playing Tennessee. Amazing game, you know. That was a tremendous game. So I went to the Georgia-Tennessee game in Athens, and then that was on Saturday and Sunday. I saw the Rams play the Buccaneers rematch of the last two Super Bowl winners in Tampa. That's a ten-day period there. Out three NFL games, two college games, and three World Series games.
0: Michael, you want to have a question?
2: Michael. Yeah, I have a question. First of all, uh, welcome Ira to On The Mark uh, Sports Talk. It's great to have you. And I have a question. I've been noticing recently, more so than ever, in just about every major professional sport, the most popular or the most famous or the most talented athlete can pick and choose the team that he wants to go. For example, with the Dets, Durant and and Irving, uh, with uh, Even with the Yankees, Aaron Judge, uh, he went around and he ended up uh, with a team that can more than likely uh, win the World Series. And hockey, as recently as uh, yesterday, uh, the day before, Patrick, Patrick Kane, of course, he's going to be going to the Rangers. And uh, now the odds are in favor to win the Super Bowl. And in football, you have uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers, who's driving me crazy. So here's my question. Uh, is that, does that have the possibility? of being a red flag in sports. I know as a diehard Yankee fan, I could imagine if Mickey Mantle decided to start wanting to play with, uh, say, the likes of Duke Snyder, that would be devastating to me. So uh, what is your opinion on all these athletes deciding and picking and choosing where they want to play?
3: Well, one of the things is, I mean, there's things that their contract is up. I mean, if their contract is up and they're allowed to go somewhere, then that's what it is. I and mean, we, we have all sports have now collective bargaining agreements and the teams of players are allowed to leave. Do I like what Durant and Kyrie? No. I mean, you cannot. I mean, then just sign. then start signing deals with the league. I mean, don't sign with the team because if Kyrie say, Oh, I don't want to play here. And then he goes, I mean, you saw Harden got traded from Houston to he didn't want to play in Houston. So then they trade him to Brooklyn. He doesn't want to play in Brooklyn. He wants to trade to Philadelphia. I mean, It is ridiculous that these players are signing these multi-million, three, four hundred million dollar deals. At least let the team that that signed you have the benefit of the bargain. They're guaranteeing that salary. You break your leg tomorrow, they gotta pay it. So I do have a problem. You know, I do have an issue with team with people in their contract deciding now on the reverse side they'll say well players can be traded but a lot of players have no trade clauses those things so you see that but i do don't like the fact that you have it you know the whole aaron Rodgers thing is is crazy but um I just think that, look, if a player is out of his contract and and his contract is up, I think he has a right to go where he wants. I just do not like what the NBA is the worst. The NBA is beyond the worst because you have everybody who's in their contract saying, guess what? I don't feel like playing here. I don't want to play. And you never saw Larry Bird do that. You never saw Magic Johnson doing that. You didn't see that. You didn't see Michael Jordan doing that. And Michael Jordan stayed at the Bulls and he didn't say, and then the players join up. You know, you're right. They, they, They try to create their own super teams, which is nice. You know, LeBron started that. That. but the point is is that i think it takes away when when you just you try to get invested in your team and then suddenly your player doesn't want to be there anymore but he still wants you to pay the 300 or 400 to go to watch him play
2: thanks it's tough on the fan base that's all you root for a player and
0: he's gone that's all i want to say yeah, yeah, Thank yeah. you. and the fans of that uh, that team where all the superstars go to Mm-hmm. They love it for as long as it is, you know, they, they, we loved yeah. it. I, just, I thought it was fantastic when the Nets had all three of them, but then pff, they changed their minds. <laughs> Larry.
3: Yes. Uh, what do you think of the NLB speed up rule changes? Well, I think that's a great question because I just went to two spring training games. I was at the Sorry. Red Sox at the Astros yesterday. And then I was at the um, Astros, at, that's at the ballpark of the Palm Beaches. And then today, they're they're only about 15 minutes from each other, uh, is the Roger Dean Stadium. So Roger Dean, just you know, in South Florida, Roger Dean is where the uh, Marlins and the Cardinals play. That's in Jupiter. And then the ballpark of the Palm Beaches is where the Astros and the Nationals play. And the Mets play in Port St. Lucie, which is like 20 more minutes up north. And eventually, you you know, they keep waiting for the Mets to move down here. So there's six teams. You bring another team in with another stadium. But it was my first chance to see the rules. And I have to agree with Max Scherzer. I think the advantage, surprisingly, the advantage is really with the pitcher in this. Because the pitcher gets that ball, has 20 seconds to throw the ball, and a batter has to be in it. And I did not see in two days a pitcher get called for any uh, violations. But I got batters. Pena, Jeremy Pena, who was the MVP of the World Series for the Astros, he swung the ball, got a foul ball. It was a 2-1 count, so now it's 2-2. Well, he's like adjusting his bat, adjusting his glove. (laughs) As he steps into plate. the ump goes out. That was it. You know, Wait. Could you? you know, he's out of the game. You know, you're struck. He's not out of the game, but you struck out. Could you imagine? That, could you imagine the Philly fans? They're mad about the Super Bowl with <laughs> the holding call, you know, on Juju smith schuster What if Bryce Harper is up, bottom of the ninth inning, base is loaded, you know, gets a two-strike count, and then it's too slow to get in the batter's box, and they call him out. I mean, the Philly fans would go ballistic over that one. So I think, I think that from a batter, I did not feel the pitchers, were rushing. Like I felt like I would feel that, but I'm, and we're also so used to, I watch tennis. So I see serve clocks all the time. So I'm sort of used to that. You see play clocks in football and you also see in basketball shot clocks. So we're sort of used to that. So I thought it would be more like it really didn't affect me, but from a batter's, you can see batters get nervous. So they only have to step out one time, so they're nervous. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is a problem. The batters, I think, have a lot more to adjust. It's going to be a benefit to the pitchers. And Scherzer was one hundred percent correct. He gets to dominate. He gets to control. Now, what I did see was the stolen bases. I saw no stolen bases. I was at two games. I mm-hmm. left a little early from this game to get do this call, but everyone expects the stolen bases to go up i didn't see stolen bases at all but the one of the big things is the bases i mean i know you guys have watch watched the games on tv but when you're in person those bases look like pillows they are so big i mean it's like the <laughs> celebrity also game like you see these little kids that are like five years old playing and they have these extra big bases and you, that's what it looks like these bases are enormous and the, be- the benefit of that is stealing because you're so close, you know, you're standing on first base, second base is uh, six inches closer on one side, six inches, another, and how many times you watch baseball and the calls are so close. And that's what I noticed in the games. Like when a pitch a, a batter was advancing from first to third and sliding in and he made it. And it was like, it seemed like runners are, are safe more on that. Um, on the shift side, you know, spring training, they don't really do the shifting anyway. So I didn't notice it as so much. I did notice on the left-handers, what they'll do is they brought the shortstop right behind the second base bag and the second baseman is right on that dirt you know he's sitting there i can imagine teams trying to make their dirt bigger because the rules have to be on the dirt so (laughs) his his heels are on that dirt there but i really believe when the regular season begins you're going to see outfielders you'll see the left fielder like say on the left you'll see the left fielder come over to right field you know you're going to start seeing the uh, there's no rules on what the outfielders can do I can see the outfielders moving around but I didn't like the rules at first. And I tell you when I saw the one game, last night's game, yesterday's game was two and a half hours. It was fast, but I didn't feel it was rushed. I I did feel, now I don't wanna see when I come back from commercials, I want to see the pitch. I, you guys watch baseball like I do. I can't stand the fact that, you know, how about those Aaron Judge games when Aaron Judge was the first batter when he came out and you missed the first pitch? That's crazy. Like, I don't want to miss a pitch. Like, if I'm going to sit and watch TV, you better bring me back and I got to see the pitch. I don't don't come back later. I, I heard that
0: considering what they do in some of the other events, split the screen, do a commercial on half the screen, and see the action on the other half of the screen. You don't miss that pitch.
4: makes sense.
0: Yeah. Or just thinking about that.
3: So I, I guess I guess I thought I was looking to be more critical of the rules, and I maybe is not as critical as I as I thought I would be because I didn't feel like it pushed it so much. But I do believe now. The batters are, the pitchers see their clock. The batter has to be in the base in eight seconds. But I think it's the, because if he fouls it off, if he's not ready, like in tennis, if the return server isn't ready, the server can just serve the ball. Who cares? I guess in baseball, they're concerned. You know, I just don't know why the pitcher can just can't just throw, you're not ready, I'll throw the ball. So I think at that point, it seems to me that if they're going to be calling strikes. On batters who aren't in there, that's going to be where the problem is. Not from the pitchers dilly dallying behind, like Kenley Jansen, who's you know walking around the whole infield. <laughs> and you watch Kenny, Kenley Jansen; I mean, it's like he literally takes a it, it gets his steps in after every pitch. So,
0: yeah, I think I think they have these changes this year, and I'm sure that they're, they're, they're studying it and and they're they're saying, okay, this is the this is the rules we're going to have. But I believe there's going to be some tweaking along the way, maybe after the season. You know, this may be an For experimental sure. season, even though it counts, and they're doing all these changes. But they're, they're taking data, and I think there may be some tweaking. I thought, my my opinion was, the eighth and ninth inning, to do away with this, the clock. Because I thought the eighth and ninth inning, when it's pressure time, you know, the pitchers sometimes they need composure to like, okay, I got the ball back. Maybe the umpire didn't call my, my pitch the way I thought it would be. And now I want to think about it. And uh, whoop, time's up. No, maybe not have the uh, the clock, the eighth or ninth thing. That's my that's my suggestion. I don't know. Gerald? I despise
5: the ghost runner rule. And germane to that, the rule does not apply to postseason. So yeah. there's a little tweaking right there.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, that that rule I think that was a surprise. You want to talk about a rule that people were surprised about? That was supposed to be a COVID rule, and now they made it right. permanent. And it's right. weird that it is for for pre you know it, it. That's a weird rule. That that one is weird. And uh, I don't know. I, I I agree with you. I think that. And now they're having. They're also the rules about the pitchers. How many you know innings? You know that was last year with you know when a pitcher comes in, he has to pitch three batters. Those type of right. things. I mean, I, look, the delay to me, if I wanted to, to, to speed baseball up, I think that when, honestly, when a pitcher is ready, like when you call for a pitcher from the bullpen to come in, that's the problem. They keep, we have so much breaks in between that. When they come in, they should be ready. You know, like if Patrick Mahomes goes out, you know, another Chad Henning comes in, they don't Hey, Chad Henning gets to get to throw the ball a bunch of times. It's like, you know, get in the game and play. You know, that's it's the time. And I know there's warming up enough. Maybe let them throw a couple, but it seems like that's where the delay is because now teams are using relievers in the middle of the innings so much. Yeah.
6: Yeah. Fred? Yeah. I know you said you're a big college football fan. I don't know if you read or heard that they're looking to speed up that game by maybe ending the rule of stopping the clock after a first down until the cut, until the uh, referee signals that it's okay to play. I they, hate that.
3: They, I, that, that I, hate. I think it's great yeah. that cultural has that. First of yeah. all, you're worried about cultural games being so long. I, it takes forever to go to one. So do yeah. I mind if it's, you have eight, you have 162 baseball games. They're only have 12 football games a year. Right. You need a game. Like, I'm going to, it's taking me an entire day to go to a game. Do I care that it's an extra five to 10 minutes too slow or whatever? And everybody likes the rule that it stops because that lets teams that are losing come back and gives them a chance. I, I think this is ridiculous. And, you know, the, the people who run the NCAA, they're so concerned about the athletes and this and this. Then why in the right. world did they put this playoff system that goes on yeah. forever? They added another two more rounds to playoffs. Yeah. So, on one hand, they say, we're so concerned about the athletes and this and that. And now they add Two more rounds yeah. of playoffs, which I have a I have a problem with the like I love the college ball yeah. regular season is the greatest. Even yeah. though I'm a Penn State fan, and Penn State has got screwed in this college, not screwed, but they didn't deserve it, so they didn't get in the playoff. But I like the fact that it makes every game important. I yeah. love that aspect. I love that about college football so much, and I think they're killing it with what they're doing. They're making college basketball.
6: You, you know what? What I can never understand with the college football playoffs that you know it's good enough for like. Well, the second tier where you have 24 teams, you know, like, you know, like, like your Patriot league teams and that you know, they can play three or four games in a playoffs, but it's not, but it was never good for the, you know, for division one or whatever they call it, the FCS or whatever, whatever the FBS.
3: But they yeah. are having a lot more games now. I mean, this is, they are going to yeah. play cause they play 12 FCS schools don't play that much. And now they're going right. to have, yeah. The, your championship game, which will be 13, and then right. you're gonna have four playoff games, which is 14, 15, 16, and 17. So you're gonna have these teams play 17 games. So it's they're not gonna to-
0: cut the schedule because of the playoff? no, no that no. And, and
3: it's and and it's and. and And I think what my fear is, I'm the only one predicting this. I think players are going to opt out. I think you're going to have opt outs. You're going to say, it's like, look, I'll play the SEC championship game. I'll play the Big Ten championship game. But I'm not then going to commit to play four more football games. When I have the combine and I have all my things going forward, I'm going to go play. Like, I think they're getting a little greedy on this. And I I think I predicted opt outs before with bowl games. I said this was going to happen. And uh, I think it's going to happen now. I mean, Kenny Pickett didn't play – in the sugar bowl, was it the right. peach bowl? The peach bowl or the, the peach bowl. And that yeah. was big for Pitt. He had been there for four years. Everyone from Pitt was going, this was a big game for them. And he decided to sit out that game. And I'm like, wow, Kenny Pickett sits out a game like that. You can see, you know, I, I just, I think people are going to sit out these games, even if it means winning the national championship, the stars will, yeah. and it, it'll change when this, when the quarterbacks sit out. Them,
0: so. Yeah. so they picked four teams, the top four, and so now they like, number five. Who's number five this year? Did they nope. get screwed?
6: No. What what they're gonna do, Mark, is they're gonna have conference champions who get, will get automatic what they visibility. what they're doing, but the old system. When, like, oh, the old why system why they why yeah.
0: they why they're expanding, I think to twelve, they said, right? Twelve, yeah. Twelve from four. Right. So like
6: I don't know. So if the, the top they picked the top four, the, the rating system. Four, the, top, the top four will get a buy in the first All round. Right. Five yeah. will play 12, 6, 11, 7, 10. 8 9 and then those four winners will go into an 8 team tournament. Yeah. And the, and the and the power conferences will automatically the winners of those conferences will automatically get into the thing. Yeah. So, well, I
3: think and the problem I have with it is also um the first when you talk about the first round, you're going to be having games at home at like campus sites. Well, I mean, right. I'm a a state fan. Mm-hmm. I, I it takes me we know the first game in September, trust me, that first game, I can't get my tickets. I can't get my parking. They take forever to, for Penn state to sell 110,000 seats on two weeks notice. And the stadium is dilapidated. It's, it's the, the old stadiums that the big 10 play in They're dumps. I mean, I go to more stadiums than any person alive. I'm I, look, there's history. I mean, Penn state is not really is history, but it's an old, it's a really, uh, it's a high school football stadium on steroids. There's no way in December with ice and everything, it's going to handle it. So I don't, I'm not a big fan of these home games. And then to ask fans to go, okay, I'm going to go to the big 10 championship game in Indianapolis. Then I'm going to have another away game or a home game to go to. Then I have to go to a bowl game in in Atlanta, then another game in Pasadena, then another game in, in Miami. That's too much. I mean, no one has that money to, to go. I mean, I I'll, I'll do it. But there's not a hundred and some thousand of me. I mean, it's ridiculous. And I think it's asking too much of the fans and you're going to see empty stadiums because no one's going to say, look, when we get to the finals, I'll go to that one. But I don't think people will go to these other bowl games. I think it's going to hurt the attendance at those games. And and that's what it's, you know, in some aspect, that's very good.
0: You must have a lot of frequent flyer, Rod
3: points well I it's I drive and I fly when you're in Florida it's a great place to go because there's so much down here like right now I can go I, if I want to go to Bay Hill today I could have gone I can go to the players next week I have the Miami Heat to go to I have spring training games the Miami Open's coming up I have business when I'm in LA I can go places I drove from LA from to Phoenix for the Super Bowl so yeah. I do fly a lot but it's it's a uh, you know it's uh it, I just I work around my schedule in terms of how to go, and it's harder to fly. But I'll tell you, it's post-COVID, it's harder. I mean, Southwest used to be able to go to these small little places. That's why I drove from Philly to Athens. You can't get to small little towns. There's no flights to Pittsburgh or to Cleveland anymore from Florida. It's harder.
6: Wow. Mike, you, you're going, going, tomorrow night to, going tomorrow night to see the, our Knicks play the Heat?
3: Well, I cannot go tomorrow night because my mom and dad are getting an award at Temple, but I'll be there Saturday <laughs> night. I'm going to be there Saturday night for the Hawks, but we'll see Trey Young, Quinn Snyder, who I went to law school with Quinn Snyder down at Duke, so I'm going to see the Hawks oh. play the Heat on Saturday. But the Heat last night, I mean, the Knicks had a nice win over the Nets, and then and then nice the one. Heat, the Heat got blown out by the Sixers without Embiid. I was a disaster. It was
0: crazy. Mike had a question.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ira, welcome. It's uh, nice to make your acquaintance. So my question for you is, the way that college football is evolving, do you see the future being two kind of super conferences, the Big Ten and the SEC and everybody else kind of kind of receding into a second tier?
3: I think there'll be maybe four conferences. I'm not going to. I think that in the short term and long term, yes, longer term should be Big Ten and SEC. I see that the other schools, right? I, I don't see that happening, but um, I, the big 12, keep your eye, you know, the guy that runs the big 12 now is the one who ran the uh, Brooklyn Nets. And uh, he also ran the the Barclays Center, did that whole thing. He's very smart, and he's doing a great job with the Big 12. The Pac-12 is going to go away. I mean, I can't uh, – the day – you're going to pick up the paper, Oregon and Washington – this is what's going to happen. Oregon and Washington, Stanford and Cal are going to go to the Big 10, and you're going to see Arizona's, Arizona State, Utah, Colorado go to the Big 12. The ACC has a problem. The mm. ACC might go away. You know, that's, just, that's because they're they're paying their, their uh, teams – 30 million, 35. The Big Ten and, and SEC are going to be at 75, 80 to 90, maybe up to 100. So it's really hard for to see the ACC. That's why Florida State and Clemson can't wait to get out of the ACC. But I do. I believe there'll be, I don't know if it's going to be two, but it's 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 definitely going to be. And I don't think you're going to see the Mac schools and those other schools be, you know, they're not going to play in that. They're not going to be in that. They'll be the, the big conference will be their own thing.
0: So when I was um, talking about you, Ira, before, you know, um, weeks before when we first booked it, and I was telling them some of the things you did, uh, someone said, well, how do you know he went to these games? And you said the reason you have, <laughs> you have what?
3: Proof. Well, first, what of you, all, first of all, first of all, I, you have, I, you, I have tic- used to have ticket stubs. You could go to ticket stubs and I have a zillion yeah. ticket stubs from all my games. So that would helped a lot you tell me pictures um, then I also take pins you have a I if you go to games you have these pins now you can buy that you're there but right. you, of course you can buy them online but I love taking pictures I've always taken pictures my whole life and I have great pictures so my pictures are amazing I love I think I know I don't you cannot have the best camera when you're a fan they're you know they don't you walk in the garden with a big camera they're gonna throw you out you can't bring it in Yeah. so I try to get the best camera I possibly can have that's gonna get me in the requirements under six inches no detachable lenses <laughs> I have such an eye for the game. I mean, I love my pictures. I, I was there when Pete Rose, remember when Pete Rose and Jim Gray got in that fight at that all-star game in Atlanta and they had the all century team. I have a picture of, of Koufax and Aaron and Mays all standing around that pitcher, and they're throwing the, and Aaron was throwing the opening pitch for that game. And and all the reporters were, you know, talking about Pete Rose and Jim Gray fighting on the side. I I, I auctioned (laughs) that picture for $2,000 at a charity auction. Michael Jordan's last shot is one of my favorite pictures. I was there right next, Leonard Capro is to my right. I'm sitting uh, Fibros dead center, and I have a beautiful view of when, when Jordan released it. And the Sports Illustrated photographer was to my left. He left him. The one you see on Sports Illustrated is underneath the basket, and you can see me in the cover of Sports Illustrated taking my picture from the side. And actually, my right. good thing about that is that one of my friends trained with Tim Grover, who was Jordan's trainer, and I gave – I gave, Grover wanted a picture, so I gave it to him. And then Grover goes, I need another one for you-know-who. So I think Jordan has my picture too. And I've, I've never seen it from that angle, from that side. So, But I have – and I had Mark McGuire's 61st home run and 62nd home run. I had um, – uh, I, I have uh, LeBron's, I mean, the Kyrie Irving shot I have. So I every game I go to, I love my pictures. I love my, I was there for Justified winning the Triple Crown, American Pharaoh winning the Triple Crown when they crossed the finish line. So I have those pictures That's
0: too. Amazing. Wayne has a question.
7: Hi, uh, this is my first time on. I got to thank Jerry for giving me the link. Uh, two things. <laughs> I don't mind. Two things, Ira. <laughs> uh, you mentioned Florida State and uh, Clemson wanting out. I, my understanding was that Florida and South Carolina would veto that right away that they went they didn't want they wouldn't want them in the uh, in the SEC and I could be wrong on that one
3: you are uh, one you mm. are you were you were one million percent correct for like the past 40 years but um it's changed now <laughs> now now it's now they don't have the power to block they did at first but that you were right that's why for years, they never were. They were never. they, You know, that's why you only had one school like you had South Carolina, but not Clemson. And you had Florida and not Florida State. Uh, but that, that's totally changed now. And I think they're willing. I think the SEC is like it's all about money. If we can make more money, we're going to bring them in. And the individual power, the, the SEC as a whole is not going to let a school block. Otherwise, give you example, Texas A&M didn't block Texas coming in. Texas a and at first was upset about it, you know, when they first mentioned it, but Texas a and like, wait, well, we got here, but now they had no power to block Texas. So I don't see that. I think you're going to see multiple teams coming in that
7: way. And my second
3: question, a curiosity, you went, you were a Penn State graduate? I'm actually went to, so this is really confusing for people that like know me. I went to the University of Pennsylvania at Wharton School. And I worked for the basketball team when I was there for four years. I was an undergraduate assistant, but I grew up outside Penn State, so I've been to two hundred and twenty-one Penn State football games because I've, I've been going to Penn State football since I've been like four or five years old. But Here's I, my
7: question. I'm sorry.
3: Yeah, but I, I, my, I, I'm a Penn State football fan. but I went to the University of Pennsylvania, and you gotcha. went,
7: went to Duke. You went, Law to Duke you went to Duke Law School, correct?
3: When yeah, with Hurley, Leitner, you know the. Those yeah, my,
7: my daughter my 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 daughter went to Duke though the Hurley and Hill years also. Penn State plays Duke in the basketball finals. Who do you root for?
3: I don't like Penn State basketball. <laughs> oh, you don't? Okay. Right. Because my friend – I have a good friend, Mike Isolino, who is one of – my best friend who coaches Robert Morrison. Isolino went to Penn State basketball, and they treated him terrible. Ended up going to St. Francis, uh, became a star at St. Francis, then played for the Mavericks for two years, then went to Italy. <laughs> and I just – I never um, have been a fan of Penn. And also, my coach at, at Penn, Brand Dumpy, who I like, they right. should have hired him as a coach. They didn't. I have nothing – I don't like Penn State basketball. I love Penn State football, but I don't like I'll root for the wrestling, the field hockey, whatever. Oh. But I don't like Penn State basketball, but I'll root for Duke over. Yeah, you know, we're
7: football. big Duke fan, our family of big Duke Duke, Duke fans. Just yeah, curious. this
3: year's a surprising year. I mean last year was fun. I mean I traveled, I watched all the Duke games. I went to Greensboro for one of the two. I missed the first round, but I was at Greensboro for the game. And then after that, I went to uh I went to Greensboro and then I went to uh um uh the, Golden State, San Francisco, for that arena for those games, and then I was at the final. You know, to see Carolina, Duke in that final four was unbelievable. Yeah. That was just an amazing event to be mm-hmm. at that game. Uh, tremendous, and uh, so that was great. But it was. Just- a,
7: I don't want to monopolize the conversation. Just a quick little story. My fraternity brother of mine uh, is a well-known pediatrician in Chicago, and he called me up. Says, "Wayne, guess who uh, one of my patients was?" This is a long time. I said, "Who?" It says, "John Shoyer no kidding ah. I, I i said uh i don't want to be presumptuous fred but is there any chance they're playing iowa in madison square garden you think i might be able to get two tickets calls me back a half hour ago he says you got two tickets oh, i just called wow. i called john shoyer's mother and she got the tickets for you
3: that's so, great wow
7: when we went to the, to the game with his mother well that was, co- that
3: was the a cottage- right? that was a college right sorry coach. The, dual coach. the dual coach yes yes That was the, that was one of my biggest questions I always asked was who was going to replace coach K. And I think if we got Duke fans around, we spent, that more discussion about who was going to re- replace. They went on and on and on. And, you know, I think Shire, it was almost like, I think what people said, who is going to be his top assistant when he decides to retire. And that's what it, because none of his others, like Mike Bray of Notre Dame was successful, but he's, you know, he's retiring himself, but it, it was really going to be his top assistant. And, you know, Jeff Capels at Pitt, he was the top assistant. I recruited Zion and everything, but it ended up, uh, it ended up Tommy Amaker. The rumor was that Duke wanted Amaker from Harvard. Yeah, I heard.
7: I heard the same rumor.
3: And yes. and and Amaker, I had Ian O'Connor on my show who wrote the book on Coach K. I also had. I went to law school with Jay Billis, so I had Jay Billis on my show also. And uh, Amaker was was. That, they asked him, but he said, you know, then he talked to Coach K about it. And Coach K said, I'm not really favor of that. He goes, you'll have to become an assistant for a year, and then you know whatever. And then Amaker didn't feel like there was that love from Coach. He did not want to do something against Coach K. So that's why Shire got the job. But uh,
0: interesting. Thank you, Wayne. Um, Ira, how do you, how do you get your tickets for the games? How do you do that?
3: Well, I think world it's games. the same. I think look, it's 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 through every method uh, around. You know, you go on Ticketmaster. I'm very. I loved. I mean, my I was the best walk around the stadium person in the world. Like nobody could walk around a stadium like me talk to scalpers notice the tickets i mean i felt like i was like the the diamond uh, you know i knew what was fake what was real i knew who i was buying from i knew what the pricing was i was i have stories i could give you ticket stories for an hour i mean you know <laughs> I, I, the, i'll give you do you want me to give a nick story you guys are all from new york so i could say so it was the nick finals against the spurs and I'm running there, and I brought this beautiful girl. I dated this amazing girl at the time, and she's like going to an art show. I said, "We'll go to the." I'm going to go to the basketball game. She goes to the art show. So, but she comes to the game. So I get. I said, "Stand in that line," because you know the garden has that line for people who give their tickets back. So I had her stand in the line. I'm running around. I bought an upper, you know, middle level, upper level ticket really for the game. I come back. She's second in line. So I'm like, "Well, oh, we'll wait to see what happens." We go there, and they go, "Okay, we have a ticket." It's you know, it's three hundred dollars. I go. 300, it was a second row right behind Spike Lee, like literally behind Spike Lee for $300. I'm like, buy it. Like they're not even a question about it. And I'm sitting here in the game and the guy next to me spent like $5,000 and $4,000 and I'm sitting <laughs> with a $300 ticket. And then the seat, <laughs> to my right was empty. Oh my, the girlfriend ended up going and sitting in the upper level seat. But I tell the guy next to me, I go, did, would you, who's sitting in the seat oh my wife she's like an owner of the knicks but she's in a box i go do you mind if I, my girlfriend comes down he goes no 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 i can't have anyone sit in the seat but at halftime she came down and just said hi to me and then i said we well, have to leave lisa and as she went back to leave the guy goes no 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 you can leave her here so, uh, we said, so i paid like 100 bucks for her ticket 300 for mine and the guy next to me might have spent like ten thousand for two tickets you know nba uh, final uh, Right there. So, but a lot of it is I buy on Ticketmaster, StubHub. Um, I go. I have ticket brokers I use sometimes. I I ask all my friends. I get connections like you. If I know John, it, it's through every source possible uh, for the big. The, like the Super Bowl was very hard. I I literally asked fifty people about tickets for that, uh-huh. and it was. It's very hard. It, it's, have you
0: ever been shut out?
3: Oh yes, I oh, was shut okay. out just this past. I flew so. I just was shut out just recently. I went to Philadelphia for the game against uh, the Philly-San Francisco game. And I and I flew up for that game. And I saw the tickets were skyrocketing. And I was going to go. I had tickets to Kansas City and to Philly. And uh, the Kansas City, I guess that 50-yard line, $500, perfect ticket. And, but it was so cold. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to Philly. And the ticket pricing was a little higher in Philly. But but it wasn't that much. But as the day started going on the day before it started and I'm like, oh, whatever. I'm like, you know what? I already my ticket. I'll fly up there. We'll see what happens. And wow, the morning on Sunday, that ticket went over. I mean, that ticket was Uh was almost Super Bowl level. And I, and there was a point where I was like, I'm not, I'm going to save my money. I'm going to go to Super Bowl. I'm going to use that for other events. It's just not worth it. And I was at the casino next to her. I have a computer and I'm playing around and I tried to buy tickets, but it was, the price was rising so much. And I called my broker. They're like, we don't even know what's real. What's not real. StubHub broke down. I'm like, you know what? I'll just take them <laughs> out. And uh, I, I gambled the game. I, I'm not a gambler, but I sat there at the casino and bet both games and I ended up paying you know i want like i don't know all my tickets i mean all my uh, travel for that but uh but i've been shut out i was shut out at a jordan game um i was shut out at a laker game one time so it's, it happens it, it happens to it me happens. And i'm really good so <laughs> larry this
4: one did you see uh, tiger wood uh, winning any uh, championships before he retires
3: um, I saw Tiger in December at the PNC Challenge. I love going to this event. It's a uh, the father and son where he plays with his with Charlie, uh, yeah. and that it's, it's in Orlando. And he looked like I was at the baseball game, and a guy next to me said he was ninety five years old. He moved better than Tiger. Like he literally moved. <laughs> Tiger could not walk from his golf cart to the tee box. He said, and you know, he said, "Why well, I have plantar fasciitis." I'm like, he's done. Like I said in December, that guy, he is finished. His career is over. He is not going to – he's going to have to get new legs or something because he couldn't walk at all. Um, mm-hmm. I saw him at the – when he announced he was playing the Genesis, I, I was originally going to go to one day of the Genesis and fly back. Then when he announced, I'm like, well, I'll go fall for two days. They go. He'll never make the cut. He can't even walk. I, I thought he'll play one round and then give up. Oh my gosh, he was amazing. He walked faster. That's the most amazing thing of the Genesis. He was walking faster than Rory and Justin. He was he was um, he was tremendous. I mean, I couldn't believe how fast he walked without the limp. Um, looked strong. He outdrove Rory and Justin constantly. Um, based upon his performance at Genesis, for having not played in a year, yes, because I think that Tiger is just you know, if you get Tiger in in a, if he can stay healthy and if he can just walk the course. He can still outbeat Rom and these other guys. I think he's just yeah. that good. So I do.
0: Uh, Milton, I see Milton.
8: <clears throat> just want to ask you: Did you ever go to any of the great boxing matches of the past?
3: <laughs> I love these questions. They're <laughs> awesome. Um, I I used to manage a. I used to manage a boxer. So it was I, the I, the boxing management business was a disaster. I mean, that was that was terrible. But. Um, Have I seen great boxing matches? Uh, I had a friend, I'll tell you what, if you guys remember Kelly Pavlik. So when Kelly Pavlik uh, fought uh, 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 um, uh, a couple of his matches, I saw his championship matches. I did not see Mayweather fight in person. I saw Meldrick Taylor fight. I haven't seen – you're right, though. I mean, I have seen some of the big UFC matches, but I haven't seen – oh, I saw Mayweather. You know, I really did not start going to boxing. I, boxing was sort of – it's different. You know, I I didn't go I, – I saw McGregor versus uh, Mayweather so like conor mcgregor but i did not see ollie i was too i and tyson those matches i i didn't see i it's it's one it's probably a hole in my resume that i didn't see who was great but you know i, I watch them on tv um i know. watched
8: them in the movies i used to go to the movies, yeah, and movies them.
3: i saw yeah, ollie i saw ollie holmes my dad took me to ollie holmes i remember when uh Hagler hearns you know the greatest right. uh-huh. i've ever seen um my friends uh, owned uh, my friend my parents friend owned a bar this big bar in town and I begged the owner you gotta take me so he gave me this special dispensation. he goes the moment the fight's over I asked to get out of that bar so like I remember I was at the bar it was crazy and then the moment the fight was over he like came over to me and just dragged me <laughs> and my mom out and threw me out but I can tell you where I was for some of these, you know, because I, I remember, you know, you watch them on pay-per-view, but you know, they're all in Vegas and they're late at night and it was, it was just difficult to go see, but, uh, um, but Pavlik was the one, but considering my friends knew Pavlik and I've had Pavlik on my show, I have Mm -hmm. Ray Boo Boo Mancini on my show. um, So I, I love boxing. I love watching it, but I, you know, I almost had Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson was about to come on my show and, and he couldn't. That canceled the last. That's minute.
0: what I wanted to ask you. I wanted to. How do you get those guests? You do it yourself, or you have someone working with you? It's all me. I'm telling you, I how write. Do
5: you get, the how producer? do you get these
3: guests? I well, first of all, they I, charge, I, right? You oh, not I don't, I've only paid for one guest. Only wow! One. Wow! I, I read a ton of books, so yeah. I go and I look on Barnes and Noble and I see who has books coming out. So I say, oh, this guy has a book, and I know all the book publishers. So I get all, so I I have all the lists. I have literally about a hundred book publishers. So I was like, oh, that's this book. So I'll write to them and I'll whatever. You and you know, so anyone who's publishing a book will come to my show. Oh, yeah. And then I get those. So I, I got like Charles Oakley, you know, I see Charles Oakley as a book. I said, oh, that's great. We'll put them on. And, uh, but my authors have been great. Not only stars do I have on my show, but my authors are uh, the, I've had every top sports author you can imagine on my show. I love reading books I, and I read the books. I don't just take a synopsis. I I literally read the books. When Paul O'Neill's book came out, I had uh, Jack Curry on my show a few months ago, talking about Paul O'Neill's book. I love that. Um, Dave Parker's book, I loved, I, that was great. Jim Cott we had on our show, throwing out some baseball guys. So I love, I love reading books. I love them. Really cool.
0: Well, you're a lawyer. You had to learn how to read, right? Yeah, we but I mean, lawyers don't have to read right i don't
5: think he's reading recreationally though i
0: know i, know. I couldn't be a lawyer i can't read that much milton again what do you
8: got? any special people that stand out if you had to name a few stand out that you interviewed that were special that seemed special uh, special to you in whatever way you think um maybe the nicest person you interviewed
3: Well, I'm going to give you a couple of things. First of all, uh, I'll give you some books that, you know, what's so funny about interviewing authors. What's funny is that you read the book and you love it. Mark Levovich, who wrote, he's a political reporter for the New York Times in Washington, DC. He wrote the book called The Town, which is very famous, but he also wrote called The The Game, The Big Game or The Game, The Big Game about the NFL. The best book I've ever written. I could not believe I wrote, I wrote it. I read it three times. His writing style is unbelievable. It drags you in. It's funny. He's making fun of owners. It's just, oh, my God. Like, I wish I could. I wish. I mean, it's like you're reading it like it's like the greatest band you've ever seen. I had him on my show. Oh, my gosh. He couldn't talk. His interview was terrible. Like I was like, Tell me, I'm like, can we just stop the interview and I'm just gonna read from your book? Like I just wanna read your book because you don't, talk, it's like one thing or another where you didn't talk like he wrote. And I think that's sometimes what, but I like um. um I'll tell you a couple interesting things. I had a book called I it's not I'll get uh, just a, a couple of books. I had a book called Neil, you guys, this is a Jewish group. So Neil Bascom wrote a book called Faster, and it's about the a French Jewish Formula One driver. Right before World War II, there was a the French Jew and, and the Nazis were taking over. They want Hitler was obsessed that people did not drive their cars in Nazi Germany. People were, they just rode horses and stuff. And he said, if I'm gonna rule the world and cop, whatever, I need to teach people how to drive. And he was jealous about Americans because more Americans drove. So he got so into Formula One and he had two top drivers in Formula One. One was a total Nazi and the other was whatever. And this was before Hitler even became the head Führer over, he was obsessed with cars. So he this whole car thing and this guy, the, the driver, this French driver who was Jewish, they had this race during the Formula One and his team was owned by an American woman, surprisingly I could believe. And it was this whole thing about her his race, you know, challenging in a number of races against um the, the top German driver, a Jewish driver right before World War II. I love yeah. the book. I love the interview, Neil Bascom. Uh, I thought that was interesting. And then I had an author who wrote a book about Oscar Charleston. I remember Bill James said that Oscar Charleston was the third best baseball player he's ever seen. I I had never heard of Oscar Charleston. Then I read the book and I got involved in it. Um, He was an African-American player in between. You know, he never played in the major leagues, but dominant, dominant player, coach. And his life story was amazing. And from playing in Cuba and the Philippines, he was a legend and it was just an amazing book and I thought you know people don't know who he is so I like to publicize Oscar Charleston but I mean I've had you know you don't know like when I have like Tom Coughlin on my show that's a great Wade Phillips Bob Stoops the names bring things that exciting Um, but it's also uh, Larry Zonka was tremendous Uh, Doc Gooden I had the Doc Gooden interview which I haven't aired yet I thought he said 10-15 minutes we went 45 minutes Good and opened up about everything, opened up about the cocaine, uh, opened up about, about everything he was about, told me stories. The story he said about when he pitched the no-hitter for the Yankees, the day of before the no-hitter, his father was dying. His father said, pitch. His mom said, Don't pitch. Your father's gonna die. Come home to Florida now. He goes, Mom, I can't go. Dad said, stay, pitch. So he went, he hung up the phone with his mom. He pitched. His dad watched him pitch a no-hitter from his hospital room and then died. Never Wait. saw his father die, but that was a. And I saw, I just saw Joe Tory three weeks ago in in and I in in a hotel in L.A., which is crazy random thing. And I told him my interview, and he asked me, his how's Doc?" And I said, "I told him about the interview and everything." And he goes, "Oh my God!" Because he was the manager of that game, right. and he's like that. Yeah. Was, he goes, he goes, I he goes, I think I I I've got dehydrated crying after Doc did that. He goes, I cried, I would have joy. I go, I love the guy, you know, back and forth. So it. Every interview I think is interesting. Everybody brings a, a take to it. I try to get guests that you don't see, you know, ESPN can get anyone they want. I. I had Merle Code, remember the guy from Adidas and Nike, the Nike executive that was put in jail? Well, he was put in, he wrote a book and then he went sent to jail. And I kept writing him, hey, I want you on my show. He was awesome, He, you know, blew the whole lid of you know, about the whole idea about the Zion Williamson and all the other money and everybody paid and everything. You know, what he is doing is now totally legal. So I try to get these guests that I think are big names and are good, but also you don't see on TV as much. Oh. Sharon, you
0: got a question?
7: Sharon? All right. I was in here when you started talking and I just realized you had a podcast. Um, did you ever like interview all like wrestlers like Hulk Hogan and like all those from like the
3: 80s? <laughs> wow, you know, so I have a couple friends of mine. They 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 own they're obsessed with Ric Flair. They, I, I tell you, I am trying to get. I want to get Ric Flair on my show just to shut my one friend up. He's from Long Island. They are. They want, but they. That's all they want. He's. These wrestlers are hard to get on. It's weird. It's a different mindset. I. I grow. I follow wrestling. I know what you know. I know the, all those wrestlers. They. They. I met Hulk Hogan. one. They're harder. I had. I had a guy that was the manager, not the business manager of Hulk Hogan and Dennis Rodman. Uh, what's his name? Uh, I'll think of it in a second. Uh. But um, I had him on my show, but that's about as close to wrestling as I had.
0: Um, they're always traveling.
3: Well, it's, well I, I it. I, it, it, that's probably the closest I could get. I, I would like to, you know, if you have connections, you know, I would love to get some of these. you know, a lot of these wrestlers have passed away though. You know, they don't, they're oh. not alive. They all died. I hate to say it. But it's, uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh.
0: it's still big, still very big. Not yeah, too yeah. many of my my people on the screen now are into wrestling. <laughs> I'm into wrestling. I watch. They Never logged it. Yeah, <laughs> Raw and SmackDown.
2: <laughs> my, my years were Carl Von Hess, etc. So I'm <laughs> going back a lot of years with wrestling.
0: Did he have the claw? The claw to the head?
4: <laughs> no, he he would get out of the uh, the ring. And go underneath the ring, get a piece of wood, and come back and bang his
2: opponent with it. <laughs> well, you know,
3: I, I would suggest there's a thing It was on Netflix or one of the shows about Bill Goldberg, you know, who were just a Jewish group here. Bill Goldberg, yes. you know, is was bar mitzvah. I mean, you know, you want to talk about at the time the most, you know, popular Jewish athlete of all time. It, it, he might have at that time when he was, you know, who's next, who's next was maybe the most popular Jewish. You know, he was at that Kofax level in terms of every kid wanted to be Goldberg. So, you know, <laughs> he's someone I would love. I would love to have Goldberg on my show. Love. I would love that. Would that. I, tried to, I tried. I get no response. I send It's like, was, you know, send an hour. <laughs> didn't,
6: didn't, didn't he play football at the University of Georgia?
3: He played at Georgia, right? He mm-hmm. played at Georgia. He played for the, Fal- the Falcons, too, played played right? Falcons. Oh, he, was yeah. he was in the NFL? I yeah.
0: think so. I think so. Um how many years you've been doing this running around, Ira?
3: Well, I don't know if I've been running around. I, I've been, you mean going my show is only three. That's what I mean.
0: Going from here to here to I call it running around.
3: Well, I think it's I think it's um I when I was at Penn, I, I so go I went to school when I was when I was in high school, I played sports and I would go to Penn State football games. When I went to Penn, I started loving going to sports because when you're in Philadelphia. At the time when I was in Philly for college basketball, that was the place. I mean, you could go. I lived uh, at the at Houston Hall, or not it was, it was, uh, Hill House, or whatever it was. I lived right next to, uh, to the Palestra. So at the Palestra, Nova played there, St. Joe's played there, LaSalle played there every night. So even though I worked on a basketball team, you know. Flies. Yeah. David, like I would, I would say, Hey, this guy, David Robinson's playing Drexel, Navy's playing Drexel. I come there and watch that. I mean, I saw so many great players that the Temple teams, the Mark Macon teams, like, and that's where they had the double headers. So I saw so many games. And when you're in Philly, you know, that also, you know, with my friends, like you want to go see a a, a Philly game, just go on the subway. You know, I I would go to the Sixers. We're so easy to go to. So I sort of got going into a lot of sporting events in college. I mean, in college, more of being a fan, going to that. And then when I was at Duke, you know, going from law school and doing that. But I was I was a lawyer at a big law firm. So I I worked seven days a week. I couldn't go to any sports at all. Um, and, uh, what's and your then,
0: specialty? What's your law specialty? Real, estate,
3: real, real estate. estate. But then, then I went into a family business when I was a family business, our business, our season was from January to June. So I worked. 100 hours from January to June in our family business, and then after that, I always used to say, "I'm going to go to the NBA Finals." That was my reward for my hard work. So I, I've been, to, <laughs> I've been to 58 NBA Finals games because I just, I'm just um, going to go, and that's where Jordan started. So I started doing that, and then I started. Then the football, I could always go to, and then over time, then I went back to New York, worked at a big law firm, gave me a little more flexibility. But when I left on my own, that's when I got out of control. But I'm not married and don't have kids, so that gives me the flexibility. Hey. There you
0: go. There, That's there's funny. your answer. Is there, who else has a question for Ira? Howie. Oh, Howie. Hi,
4: Howie. Uh, just to change subjects, what do you think uh, about the quarterback carousel in the NFL and who do you think will end up where? specifically Aaron Rodgers?
3: <laughs> hmm. <laughs> I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to stay with Green Bay. I don't. No. I, I think that I feel that last year they did everything to bring him back. And I felt like they felt they got two years out of him. I think that this, this, you know, he went on that show. I watched it. I mean, that was ridiculous. If you want to see ridiculous that, that, that interview he gave about the dark room where he was in and, you know, he's talking about going to the bathroom in a dark room. I mean, it's just craziness. I just could not believe it. And I think that they're done with him and I think they want to try Jordan Love. So I do think that green Bay is done. He'll probably go. I, I I think the I think the Jets. I would say the Jets would be one of the favorites for him to go to. I think it would be. I do think the Jets are the team that potentially. But it's it's. I think then Carr's going to get whoever. You know I I like Derek Carr a lot. Like I think Carr's great. And and people who are the Jet fans say you know I'd rather have Carr. I got eight years of him. And and I feel that uh, Josh McDaniels did not. You know I felt they treated Carr terribly this year. I mean he went up to Pittsburgh. Give you an example. The Steeler-Raider game was the coldest football game, second-most game in the history of Pittsburgh. I didn't even go to the game. The stadium was like the 20 – my friends were there, so about 20,000 people were there. They threw the ball 30 times. Who throws the ball 30 times? You should be running the ball. Like, I just – I don't think they treated him well, but – Lamar Jackson, I'll tell you, I think Lamar Jackson goes to one or two, but he either stays with the Ravens or goes to the Falcons. The Falcons, yes. Arthur Smith, their, quarter, their coach, it's like their system is suited for Lamar Jackson. And, and, you know, they had Michael Vick and they had, you know, that running quarterback. Like, I, I think Lamar Jackson is either going to be in Atlanta or Baltimore. I would, I'm would. i leaning towards Baltimore. I think he'll stay there. But I, if Atlanta makes a run for him, that's the other team he would go to. Cool. Cool.
0: Anybody else have a question?
1: Oh, I'll ask one.
0: Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh,
1: so, how do you see the whole situation with the commanders and Daniel Snyder finally resolving
3: itself? Uh, <laughs> you're asking me, toughies. That's a tough one. Well, <laughs> I want to tell you something. I think, I think what I there's a lot I have about the commanders. Jeff Bezos using the Washington. This is sort of a conspiracy, but you know the stories are all out of the Washington Post and Bezos wants to buy it. And, 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 you know, you're bringing these stories up. You could have stories about any NFL team about this. The Washington Post has gone hard after Snyder. And I think it's in a way to force him to sell for that. Now, everyone gives um, uh, Silver so much credit. You know, he was able, you know, in terms of the Clippers to get rid of the, the owner there. And he was able to get rid of Sarver with Phoenix. But remember, Sarver was one of three owners and also, they came and offered him four billion dollars for the team, and the clippers were sold just from Sterling for Tuba You know, Sterling goes, I don't wanna sell, I don't wanna sell, but he had to deal with his wife, and his team was valued at six-seven hundred million, and Bomber comes up with two billion. The thing with the with the commanders is Unless someone's offering him ten billion, I don't know if he sells. And I think that's what they need. I mean, that's what Goodell needs to get him out. I think someone's gonna to have to come up with ten billion. I don't see the owners forcing him out because they don't want their, they don't want to get forced out themselves. It's 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 really an interesting thing. But you know, again, I don't know why now. The last thing, well, the FBI is investigating the fact that he stole fifty million from his. Fred Smith. I mean, these are all billionaires that are all fighting over. Why do they need the FBI involved? They settled the lawsuit. They paid the team. They have a problem with it. Deal with it themselves and suit. I don't know why it's a a federal, you know, I think the FBI has more important things to worry about than uh, Dan Snyder and Fred Smith and all the other billionaires who own the commanders.
0: Right. Exactly. Anybody else want to say a word or two? There we go. Marty.
3: Ira, how about hockey? How about hockey? I was at, I'll tell you this. So, So I got some good hockey stories for you. I was at the, this past year, I went to the the, La- the Ranger uh, uh, um, Tampa Bay game. So I went to the final that one final game and I saw one of the Stanley Cup finals between uh, Tampa Bay and Colorado. I love going to the Amelie Center. It's a great place to watch hockey. I love that place. And when I was out in LA, I have my business partners out there have become huge fan- fans of the Anaheim Mighty Ducks or Ducks. So I love the Honda Center. Oh my God, you guys, you should go to the Honda Center. Easy to park easy to get there's no lines for restrooms it's packed and no lines for concessions i don't know how they do it it's huh. clean nice it's the most amazing place to go to and i went to um then i went to uh, staples for a Kings game so i've been to a bunch of games and i went to the nhl all-star game this year and i got a media pass through the nhl so i went and got to interview it was so cool they had all the stock players down at a at the marriott harbor on the on the water right with with backs to the beach and you could interview them for a half an hour. So I got to talk to uh, the goalie for the Tampa Bay. uh, You know, I got to go for that goalie, some other players, the guy for the, uh, the flyers. I'm not the biggest hockey fan, but I do like the I love watching Stanley Cup playoffs. And you know, of course, going to games are good. But my co-host on my show, Mike, I have, it's, it's the Iron Sports, but I have a co-host. He is the biggest hockey fan. He's in hockey fantasy league. So we've had Vincent Trochek on our show. Uh on, and we also had uh um uh who was our other character? Oh do Mike Doc Emmerich. Doc Emmerich was on. Oh, he was a great guest. You talk about a guest yes. that was great. The stories he told, you know, about broadcasting minor league hockey were unbelievable. Like you've got to read that book. It's called <laughs> the book he wrote about about uh, Mike Dub or something about not Mike Dub. It was it was a book about his his broadcasting days about how like they had like you know he was there was a fight in a minor league hockey game. It is and his co his co-host was broadcasting the game. And he goes, I got to leave you. I got to get in the fight. So he like, my co-host just left the game to get involved in a fight. And then <laughs> they, had a broadcast, they were broadcasting the game and then a wedding. So we had to just broadcast the wedding and do the whole, I mean, it's like this funny story about doing hockey. And, and he was he was great. He was a great guest.
0: Another uh, hockey, another sport that changes his rules for playoff time. <laughs> right?
3: Why well, I think yeah. hockey? You know, hockey's done well. I think when hockey opened up its... uh, uh, And hockey's done... A great job of sort of getting rid of fighting per se without doing it like as slow as you possibly can be. I don't know if you guys who watch hockey like it or not, but you know you don't see the fighting because it's so fast that the goons that fight can't. You know they they look like idiots on the ice because the the sport is too fast for them to go out and do anything, so they can't really do anything. Whereas like football had to legislate them out. Sort of in hockey, the game just emerged and became so quick for the goons to not be involved. Cool. Oh.
0: Well, we see
7: Wayne. Yeah, Ira. Quick, quick uh, thoughts on the football giants with Jones, Barkley, et cetera. Well,
3: I'll tell you, Saquon Barkley. Remember, I went to Penn. I was not. Playing, I, I'm a Penn State fan. I saw Saquon play almost every one in person. Almost every one of his college games. I I, uh, I, I thought it was strange they drafted him. I know uh, uh, whatever the, the the GM said. I you know I'm drafting someone. I who I draft. But I want him in a gold jacket. You know that was his requirement, and and I don't think Barkley's going to be in a gold jacket. But I look Daniel Jones. I I think you know I, what I don't like about the quarterbacks is this: why is every other position like? If you're a left tackle, not every left tackle gets paid thirty million a year or twenty-five million a year. Daniel Jones, just because that's what Patrick Mahomes gets and Josh Mm -hmm. Allen's and Justin Herbert, Daniel Jones is not that player. I don't understand why the coach. It's like, oh, you have to pay him that. No, you don't. I mean, I just, I don't know why the quarterback like
4: just change agents.
3: Right. He changed ages. I, I think that with someone with these quarterbacks, it's like, you know, and, and the Dak Prescott thing is like, great. If you want to pay a quarterback $45 million, Colin Cowher talks about this constantly, but if you're going to pay a quarterback $45.50, then you're going to be hurting at other positions. Well, you know, Patrick Mahomes, you're paying him a lot and he's only the seventh highest paid quarterback, but you can lose Tyree Kill, but he can still make other players better. Daniel Jones, I, I got a $20 million a year quarterback and they don't want to pay him 20. You can get more than have someone else pay him 20. I, I don't know. I don't. I'm not totally sold on him. Uh, I I would not. No. Give, I would not give him because I just think if you're gonna get rid of a, you know, if you're gonna pay him forty five, that's twenty five million in other positions that you can't pay. Uh, I'd rather have those other players. I, it's too risky. But I don't think I don't think anyone's gonna pay Daniel Jones forty five million.
6: No, not that good. Fred, yeah. did did you read that that they're thinking of making? Roughing the passer now a reviewable play and don't you think pro football gets a little too nuanced on the fact was this a catch or was this in the catch these games get boring it's college football seems more exciting than than pro football you know did the guy make you see ten minutes of, was this a football move that is you know did the ball hit the ground it's it it, it gets it, I don't know it it just get gets boring after a while.
3: Well, I do like what college football does is because the decision can be made by other people watching the game like they do in all the other sports why an NFL official has to run over to a Microsoft tablet and look yeah. at things and stop. But you're you, you you're right. And you see that in basketball too, at the end of the game. Oh, was that a, a intentional foul? Was that a hard foul or this and that? Like you lose the stoppage of a game. I mean, that's, if you look at some of the great games we've had in history, it's because the the movement, like the, the Jordan last shot game, you know, Jordan <laughs> Malone comes down with the ball. Jordan steals the ball. Jordan goes and makes the last shot. Then the, the, the Jazz come down and Stockton misses the shot. There was no No timeouts. There was no nothing. It was just, it's like, let the game breathe. Let the plays go. The stopping, the not, the review, the, I agree. The reviews sometimes take forever. And I, you know, it's, it's, it's it's, it's a problem. I'll tell you the one thing. Now I'm the biggest NFL fan alive, of course, but what you like about college football is this, is that the players in the NFL are really big, really big, and they're really fast and they're really strong. And when you watch college football, you're watching pro football, 15 years ago you're looking at those players that size and that's why they can hit harder and that's why they it feels like it's more football when i I go back and look at some of these old games on tv if you look at old NFL games it's like you're watching a college game today that's why i think college is so exciting because those players aren't so big aren't so fast they can actually pound you watch georgia tackle Georgia hits hard every play. You don't see NFL teams hit that hard. How many times do you see that, we're not talking the the Pro Bowl, but players get, I'll give you an example, Shaquan Barkley. How many times does Shaquan Barkley get tackled? So many times they hit him, he stands up, and then they blow the play down. Like he doesn't get, purely tackled. It's it is interesting that they don't because the defensive you have so many defensive players. Jalen Ramsey doesn't want to tackle. Uh the Stefan diggs or diggs, Tyreek Diggs for Dallas doesn't you have so many defensive backs who are like Deion Sanders. They don't want to tackle anymore. So if nobody mm-hmm. wants to tackle nobody wants to get tackled, you, you know, you just sort of you wrap your arms and then they plug all the mm-hmm. play dead. Oh. Uh,
0: look at look at Earth Cross who just died the other day. And I
6: and I, I think they Stage protect of the-
0: that brain brain issue. Yeah.
6: And I think they there's too much they protect the quarterback too much. Some of these uh, so-called late hits, they're really not.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think that's the issue. I think they want to. I, I'm not so upset about the review. The, some of these uh, quarterback late hits are really questionable, and I they, are a big difference. i'm I'm actually I'm okay with that because I think they really decide plays. Like you see quarterbacks thrown in completion, the you know, so many games I could give you. The the series is stopped. The punt team comes in, and then you see this flag. Oh, he when he fell on the ground, yeah. he rolled on his right, and he was touched. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of these yeah. defensive backs, like like I don't like Vontae's perfect for the Cincinnati Bengals. He knocked Ben and Labian Bell and Antonio Brown and everything. That's a you got to get rid of that dirty play. But normal yeah. hard hits, I don't, yeah. I think you know these defensive players aren't trying to kill these yeah. players now. So
6: there was one that yeah. sticks to mind this year that, that when they played the Jets and the Patriots. Uh, when there was an interception, Jets returned for a touchdown, they called roughing the passer. I mean, you know, 10 or 15, 20 years ago, there would have been nothing. Like it, was, it, it, it wasn't a game. It was, it was, it was questionable at best.
3: Well, you know? college football has to, has reviewed targeting now. And I've seen yeah, a I lot know. of reversals on that because yeah. I hated that rule. I hated the fact yeah. that, okay, uh, running back, puts his head down as the guy's getting tackled and they're going to throw the defensive player out of the game for targeting. Right. What he's always trying to do is make a tackle. The offensive player is the one who lowered his head down. And they I've right. seen, I mean, that thing is, that you know, I hated seeing and some of these games, you know, some teams lost three or four players because they're getting ejected. And these guys are just playing their games, and they're trying to tackle. They're not if they're using their head. Yeah, we see it when you see a guy come in with the head. Yeah, he should be thrown out. But yeah. some of these guys are trying to tackle, and the running offensive player is putting their head into it. They should be penalized for that.
7: Fred, Fred, Fred. The re- the amount of money that the networks are paying uh, the NFL, you could feed half the, half the African countries,
1: yeah, and that's yeah.
7: why. And they've got they're, they're trying to protect the quarterback. The quarterback is the most important person on the team, and that's the reason why they're trying they're, they're protecting him as much as he can. You, know, can. you imagine if Tom Brady gets gets out of a game, or uh, Patrick Mahomes, or if these guys get knocked out of a the game, they're going to lose some uh, viewership. These guys. Well, are going we to saw what happened.
3: We saw what happened against San Francisco and Philadelphia. I mean, that was an embarrassment yeah. yeah. of a football game but I blame San Francisco oh. for that. That was, that was their fault. That was stupid. That was ridiculous to have um, their third string quarterback was not capable of playing it, J- J- Josh Johnson to have him. Oh. I, I, you know, I heard the rumor. This is what, and I'm mad about Jimmy Garoppolo. You hit a nail on the head on this one, Jimmy Garoppolo. The comment was that he was healthy enough to play. And then someone said, oh, my God, don't take Bryce Purdy up. You know, don't take uh, 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 Bryce Purdy out of the game because uh, uh, because he, you know, it's not fair because, you know, how could Jimmy get? I go, you want Jimmy as your backup. Not as your whatever, because that's going to happen. And, and then Jimmy goes, Oh, I was ready, but I would, they didn't put me in. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like, that's what they needed. You can they had no quarterback in that game. And if Jimmy Giagrappa was even 60% ready, he should have been playing and not Josh Johnson, who's uh, 40 years old and been on 20 right. different teams. So. I know. Howie, do you
0: hear yeah. that story? Howie's from the San Francisco area. Yeah. Oh,
4: yeah, I mean, they didn't have a third string quarterback and they just got Johnson, who played for San Francisco, but he was on the Detroit track squad. They should have had, whether or not it was Jimmy or not, they should have had third string veteran quarterback. And now I hear that uh, McDaniels is, uh, I mean, uh, not McDaniels, the, Kyle, uh, Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan. Kyle, Kyle Shanahan is talking with quarterbacks, veteran quarterbacks such as Matt Ryan, who he coached when he was on uh uh Atlanta, and uh Marcus Mariota oh. also. To back For, up or to start? To to back, back up, up because Purdy delayed his operation. They said, oh don't worry, it won't be any longer. He was supposed to have uh irritation and That's not going to delay it, but it is delaying it. And you got Trey Lance, who's hardly played it down. So you're going to have to have someone like Ryan or Mariota in reserve. So it looks like they're going to correct that.
3: Look at these teams in in the, you know, again – Chad Henney, you know, you got to give Chad when he came in those in the playoff game and the against, against Jacksonville. What if Chad Henney? What if they had Josh Johnson and Chad Henney and Josh Johnson comes in and yeah. throws three interceptions? If you're going to be, <coughs> if you think you're a top NFL team and you don't have a good backup quarterback, quarterback it's shame on you. You don't deserve it. You don't deserve it. I I, I really lost a lot of respect for San Francisco in saying they when they, when Josh Johnson was in that game, that was, that was embarrassing. That was just ridiculous.
4: Yes, it was. Yeah. I turned it off.
3: <laughs> I, I mean, it's just—it was just—it was—and and then you hear—and then the Jimmy G saying he was healthy. I just don't know why Jimmy G wasn't Any ready to play. You'd rather have Jimmy G. They had Purdy hand the ball off when his elbow is a torn, is a Tommy John oh, elbow. They had right. him hand the ball off, and they were going to bring McCafferty. And how? How? I don't care how hurt yeah. Garoppolo was, he could <laughs> at least hand the ball off better than they are.
0: Is that a lawsuit? <laughs> <laughs> Who
4: knows? You have a mark. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, the the NFL is, I believe, changing it so that you're allowed to have a third quarterback
6: yeah. suited up. That's a yeah, yeah, for play
0: for a playoff game, and that's what didn't happen. They no, only had one quarterback suited up.
6: Yeah, they may do that in the regular season, not count against the rest. You know, the so uh, just roster. add
0: one more player yeah. to the total that they have. Yeah, lately, yeah. yeah. quarterback. At least in the, the playoffs. playoffs. Yeah.
6: yeah, they had they had that, but I think they eliminated that in 2010. Something. Wow.
3: Yeah. I mean, look at you can see a guy like AJ McCarron who's playing in the XFL right now. I mean, he would have been fine yeah. to be in a game. I, again I just that it was it, to think how much money and time was invested in that San Francisco 49er team and how great they were. Tremendous team. And to have their whole season thrown away because they had Josh Johnson at the quarterback, it's ridiculous.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. So Ira, I want to I want to thank you uh for joining us for as long as you did. Uh, and how, can, how, can we hear your, how can we hear your radio show on monday
3: it's ira on sports it's on uh you you can go on true oldies fla you can just go on on soundcloud or itunes and hit ira on sports um and then all my old episodes are there um and and and, and pull them up but it's anything is ira on sports instagram if you can click my link on that it's at ira on sports ira on sports O N S P r t s i'm twitter everything is ira on sports
0: and, and, and we would hear a live show on Monday from seven to eight. Seven eight. If you go on, on
3: true oldies, if you want it live from New York, unless you have a great like FM receiver, I guess. Huh. But um, you know, when I was young, I could, you know, in out my hometown, I could listen to uh I used to get Cleveland and uh, Virginia. Mm-hmm. I used to listen to Ralph Sampson's games. But um no, you can we, could, all, we uh, all did that. <laughs> true oldies. If you go true oldies FLA, it's it's on live seven to eight. So you can hear the show live true oldies FLA. And uh, this week I have Dusty May, the uh, coach of FAU, Florida Atlantic. So he's going to be on the show. You know they're ranked top twenty in the country, oh, so he's uh, yeah. getting yeah. ready for the NCAA basketball tournament. And then the next two weeks I have Dwight Gooden. I've done the interview, it went forty five minutes. I'm going to break it up into two interviews. And I'm working on other guests. I mean, I, I I literally am constantly sending emails out to people for guests, and I have so many people come to me. I have. I mean, I have a guy who wrote all these baseball books. I mean, every day I get some requests for, to come on my show. So.
0: Well, I want to thank you for joining us. As I said, I'm going to give you a call after I'm done here. I want to talk to you for a second or two. Okay.
3: I hope I didn't say anything wrong. Again. No, I
0: think you were super. And then I want to appreciate it. Yes. Again, just a super uh, job for the last hour or so. And we want to thank you for joining, being on the Mock Sports Talk. Thank you very much. All thank right. you. Thanks, Take care, Aaron. Ira. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what do you guys think?
6: Excellent, excellent performance. Very
0: Yeah, it was fun, right? I was going to,
6: I was going to ask him if he was married. <laughs> he said no, he wasn't married. Yeah, he, he couldn't. He couldn't be. Yeah, he couldn't. Go all, go all the place. Yeah. his wife Kids. would it's have true. to be a saint. <laughs> really,
4: uh, very hard.
0: Yeah. You guys asked all your questions you wanted
6: to ask? Yeah, I, I was just going to say, Mark, that if I, I Googled it while we were uh, listening to watching him and just Google I run Sports and you'll come up with the link. Instagram. I thought that was fun.
0: Very interesting what he does. Yeah, The lawyer, but he's still able to go all over the yep. place. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. But he, I, I, said, I said, you're running around because I didn't call it running around. Oh, you know what, yeah,
5: you know right. what's oh, yeah.
6: really interesting you know what's really interesting is because when when somebody writes a book they want to go and publicize it and he gets them to come on the show and that's how he gets apparently that's how he gets a lot of stuff right it's a yeah, smart
4: and doesn't have to pay but they they get at they get promotion promoted right right it's a good
6: thing any of you people on the
4: screen
0: want, to, want to promote somebody just hook them up with me you know what i mean i going to do it but if you guys want to get some people just Go out and reach out and bring him aboard.
1: Mark, he has 30,000 followers, though.
0: How do you like that? I do like that? Very good.
6: Um, almost as many friends as you have on Facebook, Mark. Almost
0: right. right. <laughs> right. Like I said, he's a professional. And we're just amateur. Yeah. We're just having fun for the uh, the hour or so each week. So we have a few minutes to to do trivia questions. If you guys want to ask each other questions to, to complete our show, and everyone loves the trivia section, and we'll we'll pick up the stories, all our other stories, what to do next week. Um, is that all right with you guys? Yep. And, yes, sure. right, so why don't we start with Fred? What do you have for us?
6: Yeah. Who was the first NBA coach to reach a thousand victories in his career?
1: Red Arba? Red Auerbach. Yes. <laughs>
6: nope. Oh, if any if anybody saw this day in sports yesterday, they would know. Uh, Not in uh, Was it that coach from the um <laughs> And watch first. The uh, the Warriors, the old Warriors coach? No. From the, from the Lakers? No. Mm. He, this coach is originally from Brooklyn, went to boys' high school. Mm. Coach the Knicks one time. Lenny Wilkins? Lenny Wilkins is right. Lenny Wilkins. Wow. Okay.
0: 1996
6: uh-huh. yesterday against the Cleveland Cavaliers in a very low-scoring game, 74-68. to 68.
0: So how many did Red Outback have?
6: I I don't know how many he had win, but he didn't have. uh, Let's say he wins 56, 55, 60 games a year.
0: To get to 1,000, you need 12, 13, 14, 15, 20 years.
4: yeah. Almost 20 years, yeah.
0: Who else has a question to stump us? Anybody? Okay, Gerald.
5: Who gave up the most? Let me see if I get this right. Who uh, MLB pitcher who gave up the most walks in a game in the modern era?
4: Ryan?
0: No less. I would have guessed Ryan too, but no. No. Uh, Wild pitcher.
4: Randy Johnson.
5: No, let me give you some hints. <laughs> he part of his career he played for the New York Yankees, and he did this in 1951.
1: Oh.
4: Fifty one.
0: Fifty one.
4: Who was there around? Red Ruffing. No.
6: No. Lefty Gomez. No. Uh,
4: Whitey Wait. Ford. Nah, no.
6: Reynolds right. Low but they would—they didn't give up a lot of walks.
5: No. no. Tommy no. Byrne. Tommy Byrne is correct. Hey, wow. like gave uh, up sixteen. Hey, walks he was a good hitter. Six, I remember. He gave up he, sixteen walks oh. in a thirteen-inning game. But you know what? He wow.
8: used to pitch. <laughs> He was, he was a
4: very yeah, he was, kind of, very he was a wild pitcher, too. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, he didn't know where the pitchers were going. Uh, who introduced
0: the four-point shot in basketball? What are you talking about, Mark? In some leagues, they have a four-point shot. A the,
4: Globetrotters, think, the Globetrotters, I that. The Globetrotters
0: is correct. Uh-huh. In 2010... Huh? 35 feet from the basket. How long is the uh, the three point?
6: 25 or depends. Depends if it's pros or college. It's a little different. Yeah.
0: The pros is how long? Pros is
6: well, from the from the from the side, it's 22 feet from the corners. Right. From uh straight yes. away, I think it's like 24 feet.
1: So
0: the club mm-hmm. trotters in, the, in 2010 introduced a 35 foot shot and you get four points.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, who else has a question? Mike
1: Mike okay. other than the Cleveland Browns what NFL team is is named for a specific person hmm. uh, mm. Redskins Giants
5: Eagles person. um Cowboys Bears I don't
4: know
5: wait
6: Lions.
1: How about Packers? There was some guy
6: First, named No. Packers with meat, for meat, packing. That's meat packing. That's the meat packing. Okay.
1: Larry, Larry uh-huh. you should know this. Larry uh, Schwartz, since you had two extra days to think about. Larry Schwartz left us. He left, he's not Larry left, left. Oh, okay, us. Larry I, I, left uh, us. I asked him. I tested this question on him. Give us a hint. <laughs> what should uh, you grab well, for Gary? They're in the AFC. AFC. AFC.
4: Yeah. Chiefs, Broncos, Raiders.
1: Yeah. They're in the uh, AFC. Richards, East. Hidens, Colts, Ravens, uh, Steelers. No, they're in the East. East.
6: East. East. The East. Dolphins, Jets. Patriots. Not the Bills.
1: Yeah, you got the Bills. it. Bills. Bills. The Buffalo Bills. That's it. Buffalo Bills. Really? Uh, yes. Uh, yes. Right yeah. Yes. After Buffalo yes. Bills? After Bill yeah. Cody, Yeah. Oh, yeah. there was a Bill Cody
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
6: Bill Cody. Cody. what do you have for good question okay. what, what pitcher has, what, what, pitch, what pitchers started, has started the most games in the season as a teenager so what teenager has started the most games in Major League Baseball Gooden. in the season Gooden. <laughs> no um, Gary, um, Nolan. Gary Nolan
4: no Steven Strasburg
0: no what what what
6: what era? Like, is it modern? Nineteen thirty-eight. Oh, okay. uh, okay. but it's somebody everybody knows, Johnny mm. Vandermeer. No. <laughs> so who is Hal
4: Newhouser. No.
6: You, you're getting close because he's he probably pitched on the same with Newhouser. Bob Feller. Bob Feller, right? Oh, Nineteen thirty-eight. Yeah. He started. 30, Bob Feller pitched
0: in thirty-eight. Started,
6: started thirty-six games. Wow. As a 19 year old. Wow. Okay. Who else? Oh, Gerald
5: again? Name the MLB pitcher who had the most walks in a career.
6: <laughs> <laughs> Balks.
0: Yeah,
6: sure. It could
0: be anybody we know. You got to give us hints. We have no. walks. Well, All right.
5: He, pitch, he pitched for the, uh, among others, he pitched for the Phillies and the Cardinals a lot. Steve Steve Carlton? Carlton. Yes. Rick Wise? Carlton? 90 books. Steve Carlton.
4: Carlton? Wow. Wow.
0: Never think of that. What was he doing wrong? Anybody else have a question? People are not. The greatest baseball players to never have won an MVP award. This is just judgmental, I guess. Like, Like what pitcher? The greatest pitcher never to win an MVP award. Well, most of them
1: don't. Yeah. Like I have
0: the Tom Like who was the catcher? <clears throat> greatest catcher never to win an MVP.
1: Ted Simmons.
0: Yeah. I had Mike Piazza.
1: Better. Yeah.
0: Here's the mm. list. I mean, this is ridiculous. Uh, Eddie Murphy for first base. Uh, Lou Whitaker, Bobby Grich, Robinson Cano never won uh, an MVP. Uh, Derek Gina. Every G never won MVP. Mm-hmm. All
2: right. yeah. Rookie Ray of the Fox, Year. <laughs> Adrian
0: Beltre for third base. Uh, right field have K-line and Millon. Millot never won an MVP. Center field Kirby Puckett. Left field Al Simmons. I don't know anything about Al Simmons.
5: Old Philadelphia A's.
0: Yeah.
6: Yeah. yeah. Great hitter. Anybody
0: else? You guys stop. The top, let's see, from the 2000s, up till, I guess, today. Well, maybe the two, th- The top, let's see, the top rushes in the NFL yards from the 2000s.
4: Emmett Smith.
0: Well, Emmett Smith is not on this list. So I Peterson, guess Adrian, little- Peterson. A- Adrian, Pierre, Adrian
6: right, Peterson.
0: Peterson. Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson is not on this list.
4: What? Really? Wow. Okay. Well, Are you- from the yeah. year 2000s? But Are you telling
0: year, about what? Maybe it's the year 2000 to 2010. How does that sound?
5: Oh. Oh. Well, that's <laughs> different. I'm going to oh, narrow it down. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Sorry. Mm. Well, who was the top rusher from 2000 to 2010? Mm. Oh, Jesus. LT.
6: Who? LT. Jamie McClellan.
0: Oh, yeah, Tomlinson, right. At yeah. least I have here is Tomlinson, uh, James, Adrian James, oh, God. Jamal God. Lewis. Clinton Portis, uh-huh. Fred Taylor, Tiki Barber, number six, mm-hmm. Sean Alexander, mm-hmm. Thomas Jones, Amon Green, and Warwick Dunn. I guess mm. it's just for 2000, 2010.
4: Yes, mm-hmm. I, guess, I guess.
0: Right, right. Who else? Mm-hmm. You guys, are you want to do something else? How about name every Kansas City chief? starting quarterback since the year 2000
1: <laughs> Alex, Alex Smith
0: Alex oh, Smith is it. on the list okay two thirteen, twenty thirteen 2013 to 17 Chad, Chad Henney. Henney Chad Henney is not on the list he, he not he's backup oh, starter
6: he must have started a game
0: na, 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 na.
6: no
0: right to start a game but the, the real starters
4: Oh, oh, real stuff. Of course, you yeah,
0: Patrick Mahomes the last yeah.
4: four years. Yeah, okay. of course,
6: five. Yeah. Name score,
0: it's hard to, to think of that. They can't say chief quarterbacks.
6: Yeah, because see, a lot of years they weren't any good. Um, right. right. Wow.
0: Okay, the Elvis Gerback was in 2000. Oh, Remember him? Oh, um,
6: Michigan, yeah, Michigan,
0: Michigan. Right. Trent Green.
6: Oh, the guy, the, the guy
0: 2001
6: to 2005.
0: Oh, the Indian, Damon Hurrod. Hurrod. H-U-A-R-D, for for your
6: headset.
4: Is that John Lewis son? I no, I no,
0: so. Tyler
1: Thigpen, well,
5: yeah, I think it's Kyle Bigpin
0: 2008. Matt Castle 2009 to 2012. <laughs> a, he had a nice yeah. run there as a starter. He has yeah,
6: one
0: Brady Quinn. Remember Brady Quinn? Yeah.
6: yeah. No Jordan oh, 2000,
0: 2012. That's the yeah. one. That's my list okay anybody else oh, i got a roll guy yeah nope you got a question yep two more minutes
8: in 1949 <laughs> what Roger pitcher was a part-time math teacher and led the league in winning percentage preacher row correct I was going to say that too. Oh shit! (laughs) A lot of great, a lot of great pitchers came from Arkansas in the late uh, 1940s. Ellis Kinder, Gene Bearden, a bunch of them. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm.
2: Okay.
0: There are 12 teams that have never won a Super Bowl. See how many.
6: Jacksonville Jaguars. (laughs)
0: Chargers, B- Chargers.
6: Minnesota, Minnesota Vikings, Panthers,
0: <laughs> Vikings, Buffalo wolf.
6: Bills, right. Bills, Atlanta four Falcons, Falcons. Lions. Detroit Lions, Minnesota Vikings, Lions. Cleveland
4: Browns,
5: Florida
6: Cleveland Browns,
4: Browns. Browns. <laughs>
6: Vikings,
0: okay. Vikings, Vikings have four, won. Times. four times, four
5: times haven't won. Lions
0: never won. U- Houston, Lions. Houston, Texans. Oh, yeah. The Texas,
4: Texas
0: course, never got
4: there. Never Texas won.
6: Yeah. Jaguars. Uh, Jaguars never got there. Never won. The Titans. 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 One
0: time the yeah. when they
2: Chargers. Won. They got San Diego Chargers. Or Chargers. Los Chargers. Right. One they
0: time. Didn't. One time.
6: But they did. What Arizona
4: Cardinals? One time. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. There. They,
0: won. Yes, they won. They. That's
2: right. You're
0: missing. You said the Titans.
4: You're missing
6: two. Wait. Bengals.
0: The Bengals three right, times.
4: Right, right. They always play and lose. And
0: then you're missing one more. I think anyone said the Panthers. Yeah, Maryland.
6: Yeah.
5: yeah, we Somebody said we did. that's good. Never,
0: never won. Either never won or wow. got there. All right. Was... So I'm gonna call it since you're not really into the questions. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: but again, I, I hope you enjoyed today's show. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm gonna ask Ira if I could put it on Facebook. If you guys want to hear it again, we'll put the entire show on Facebook and maybe I'll draw some
6: more people. Yeah, hope hope uh, next week we can talk about the Knicks. We have uh, a lot to and, talk and about. I know you guys a have a special or whatever. I know uh, it it the Celtics coming up. Yeah. Roger
0: had a story and I know Howie oh, yeah, had a story. Yeah.
6: Milton yeah. has a yeah. song. Yeah. I want to talk uh, about the Knicks.
0: So, I was just and,
6: going
4: to mention. Uh, Klay uh, Thompson scoring 42 points on all three pointers. Really? That's never been Fourteen, done in pointers. That's really a question. That's really a question. Jamie what you mean, said, yes. 71 points
6: every night. Happened this week. Yeah, that's <laughs> great. Did, did, did they win the game? Uh, yeah. I think
4: they yeah. Did. yeah. They're, they're, they're doing great thanks to your Villanova, Dante Steve Vincenzo, Vincenzo
6: alright, guys, is, good play. Villanova, really guys are over guys are all over. Milton, you more. have a song <laughs> a queued up go, for us? Go Bunsen. What? Milton, do you have any
0: song queued up for us? We can close oh, the show with yeah. a song.
6: Yeah, why not? Let's do that.
0: <laughs> They're gonna name this song, right? You have a story before we uh, put you put it on, and then we'll close it.
5: He's muted.
0: It? It's it's this, me now now he's
5: okay.
8: this song was from 1962 on Imperial Record Label. It featured that's the lead started. singer, the name of Rick, Ricky Cordo, who is best known for his prominent falsetto voice. This song. Oh,
5: my, oh my God. Oh,
0: that's a guy singing?
4: Hi, what's Frankie Valley No, in this is Ricky Cordo. Frankie you Four four guys and a girl. Oh, that's a the girl. That's, that's the, the girl, girl singing or is that
0: the four guy. Guy? remember guy? I heard that song. Last yeah, yeah, night I had
1: yeah. a wonderful dream. That's right. That's I had one. And what
4: was the group?
8: The majors.
4: So they majors. had a major, The major, the major. They had some major hit, hit All
0: right, guys. All right. I'll see you guys next week. Have a great week, and uh, again, right. thanks. So you know. Have take care, take,
6: take care, Mark. Bye, everybody. Okay.
4: Bye, guys. Yeah. 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 You know oh wait,
6: Enjoy. you
1: didn't Thank get you. snow.
6: Yeah. And, and and Mark, you could frame that headline that Michael sent you. Yes.